Hello, and welcome to Posting Up, the Washington Post NBA podcast. I'm your host, Tim Bontemps, National NBA writer for the Washington Post. Coming today with my Washington Post colleague, Candace Buckner, talking about the Wizards in this series leading up to the start of camp on uh, interesting teams that are flying under the radar. The Wizards are a team that, as we get into, people are kind of bored of. They're kind of sick of the mix. Uh, adding Dwight Howard certainly didn't uh, change that feeling for a lot of people, but there is a lot to talk about with them. I think it, it will be a fun year to kind of see how this team comes together, and Candace and I got into all of that. So let's get right into it right here. All right, Candace, nice to catch up with you. I'm glad you've uh, you've gotten a chance to travel a bit and enjoy your summer. And now here we are on uh, on the eve of of yet another wizard season, which should be should be interesting. How are you doing? Uh, I'm great, and I'm glad you got to go home. I feel like we should just take up these 30 minutes while talking about our respective vacations. How about you, good times? <laughs> I would be I would be fine with that, but mine would be pretty boring because I literally <laughs> just went to New Jersey for a week and a half. So that is boring. Really minus. You're the one who traveled. Ugh. Well, that's where my family is. You're the one who traveled. You're the one who traveled all around the country. So that would be. I a thought much they were in upstate New York. I've always said that about you. Like my you family. I am from upstate New York, but my parents actually were grew up near the city in North Jersey and they moved back here a few years ago. So, ah, um, okay. so that's, that's where they, that's where they are now. That's where I am now as we record this podcast, but. And no uh, shade to people in New Jersey who are listening. I love your state. Yay. <laughs> that's right. But we're, we're here to talk about the wizards, the, uh, the NBA's potential, I guess many people's probably most boring team in the NBA, but one that I, uh, <laughs> really? I, I think people are very tired of the wizards. Yes. Uh, huh. I, I, however, am very interested in this Wizards season because I think that uh, despite the fact that they have largely the same group back and, uh, you know, people are kind of just tired of the, the kind of just the way they kind of seem to go through every year. Um, I think it's a very interesting season on a lot of levels, not just because they added Dwight Howard, but they have John Wall coming back from uh, right. injuries. And I, I just think they're going to be in a very, a very interesting spot to see how they, they, uh, they progress this season. See, but the people that I talk to, like I, I get the, I get the feeling that the, the folks I talk to are interested just because of the potential like drama. Well, that so, that certainly that certainly that's I think is the entertaining. That's, I mean, that's not the, boring. Well, that's the thing. I I would say people are far more interested in the off court than the on court with Wizards at this point. Right. That's how I would right. say. Unfortunately, uh, and but let, and let's start with that. What you know? Look, the Wizards last year, as you know, uh, you did an awesome job chronicling them for us. Uh, we're a bit of a mess on a lot of levels, and a big part of that was the you know internal dynamics, particularly between Marcin Gortat and John Wall, and Marcin, a guy who's known for kind of speaking his mind and making his opinions felt. Uh, and the Wizards decided to replace him with Dwight Howard, who has been <laughs> essentially run out of the last three teams he's been on. So, uh, I mean, you you wrote a really interesting story about Dwight a few weeks ago. You spent time, a lot of time, with John over the last couple of years. Um, how do you think that relationship is going to go? Well, I think it was interesting that um, when I did catch up with John for a reaction at Summer League, um, very gracious. Um, you know, obviously, John, John shoots from the hip, and John's, John is honest. And, um, we had this conversation while he's walking out of the, of John, the is, John John might be the best interview of any star player in the league because I he is brutally honest. would vote for that, yeah. And so we're, we're talking while he's walking out of the arena, and like, I, when I look at my timestamp of that interview, very early on, he brings up the, you know, the if Dwight, you know, comes here. And I forget the words now because it's been a little bit, but he, he immediately brings up the, 
you know. I'm going to look you, it up while you're talking because it's worth it's worth it. I'm on my computer. Okay, but very early on, early on, he brings up, you know, like the issues, like the things that we hear about Dwight. That, yeah, that, you know, he obviously he's past his prime because he's about to be 33, and that's just human nature. But he should, he's still on paper a physical um, upgrade from what they have. So you would be thinking like, yeah, they, they, they did better. If they're going to stick with this traditional five thing, then you might as well get a better center uh, than you had for the last couple of years. But immediately... Um, you know, you have to bring up the other stuff that has been circling around Dwight's career for the last three teams for the last five years, maybe even more than that. Because I, I, the first eight years, I think he was kind of like a golden boy, almost. Oh, for uh, sure, then for sure. He was one of the he was one of the five best L- players in the league. Dominant, dominant center, four time Defensive Player of the Year. I mean, he's a he's a big time, big time player. That's cray. That's cray, cray. And then, um, and then after L.A., you know, things just shift. And so when when John, who is honest, you know, brings up the the other stuff and 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 saying, well, you know, I, you know, hopefully he comes here, you know, with the right mindset. Um, paraphrasing, I'm, I'm still hoping. You yeah, here's the quote: uh, I can't force him. He has to be able to change on his own. But I think he just helps our team, and go. that's why he's probably the best center we could get at the time for our team. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So at that moment, not the most ringing endorsement, like we're going to the finals. Right. But you know, you can't change him. But if he comes in with the mindset, um, so there's a lot of that aspect, and I think. You know, when, when you come in with baggage, guys are going to wonder and question, um, you know, if you're all in. And Dwight said everything that he was supposed to say at the press conference, everybody does. Um, so after that, it's it's really about your actions and, and if he really is going to buy in. Because he's not going to be, I don't think he's going to be one of their top three scoring options. That should be. Well, he uh, certainly shouldn't be. If he is, it's a problem. And, and, and Otto really does need to step up. Um, be a little bit more vocal, be a little bit more aggressive, maybe a little bit more selfish, and really become the player that they need him to be. And I think he definitely needs to be more than a glue guy. No, I totally agree. And I want to get to Otto in a second. But to circle back on Dwight, I mean, you're right. The thing the thing about Dwight is he is a better player than Martian Gortat. And if he is willing to, like you said, if he's willing to focus on being um, being a rim runner on offense, being a, a defensive presence, uh, being a rebounder, um, if he's willing to stay away from the incessant post-ups and demanding the ball in those those situations, he can be a really big, positive impact player for them. Uh, but at no point in the last several years has he shown a willingness to do that. Now, right. maybe now that he's in uh, Washington instead of Charlotte, instead of Atlanta, with a guy like John Wall on the team, with a guy like Brad B on the team, uh, you know, maybe that will be... A, a different situation for him. And he'll kind of look at it as, you know, after getting bought out by the Brooklyn Nets when he wanted to play for them, uh, you know, maybe, maybe he'll look at this and say, all right, like I actually have to get my act together or he, he very well may not because we're talking about Dwight and this is what Dwight always does. Um, have you talked to anybody with the Wiz kind of about that, uh, that balance? And have you gotten any sense of, um, of of whether that has been addressed or will be addressed with him or how they kind of expect that to play out. Because to me, that is the single question, like you said before, mm-hmm. that other stuff is going to determine whether this works or not. Right. I feel like they're, they're a very optimistic group, uh, those folks there in Chinatown, on uh, the District of Columbia. They Because they haven't they, – they've done this with other folks. Like they brought in people with, um, you know – 
questionable reputations. Markeith Morris was kind of fresh off. um, In the middle um, of a felony assault case when they traded for him, I believe. Yeah, (laughs) like five months after being arrested. Um, Right. Let's see. There's there's also um, they they took a chance on uh, Mike Scott, who basically did not play the season beforehand because of a, a drug case. Yeah. And he turned out all right. Yeah. Um, there's other there's other there's other um, scenarios. I think um, uh, Drew Gooden was basically one foot out yep. the league. Yep. yep. And took a chance on him, and he turned out to be all right. So I think they are just they're they're a team who believes that. Um, maybe it'll, it, it'll just work out here <laughs> for right. whatever reason, you know, but they've had success. Markeith Morris is going to, it's going to be, um, um, a, a big key to this season. And I want to kind of go into like their spacing with the starting unit. Sure. I'm a little concerned how that's going to look because, um, Markeith, uh, scaled back his threes last year. So now I guess you expect him to be really more of a stretchier four. Um, but what if he's not? And what if he still wants to hit those mid-ranges, yep. mid-range shots? You know John Wall likes a mid-range shot. And Dwight Howard, as much as he wants to uh, um, uh, evolve his game, uh, he's still, like, he'll, you'll be happy if he can, you know, stretch out to maybe 15 or 17 feet. So where's the spacing in that starting lineup? Yep. But, um, but to kind of go back to what you were saying, I just think from conversations that I've had, I think they think they can make it work. And um, they're, they're being very positive. And, and optimistic when they, they talk to me. Who knows what lurks in the hearts of their, their deepest, darkest thoughts about what could go wrong. But obviously, they, they had to have, hopefully they've had, um, you know, kind of game plan um, and talk to Dwight before this to, to get on the same page. Yeah, I mean, to, and you're right. Like, they are, they are in general a pretty optimistic bunch. They're, they're a bunch of decent people. They, they tend to just take an optimistic view of things. And, and look, I think, you know, they, they believe, like you said, that they can take in a guy with an interesting background and their culture can That's can a good way to say it. Interesting. interesting. Yeah, background. I mean, they, they, and like you said, whether it's Drew or whether it's Markeith or whether it's Mike, I mean, they've done that several times and it's worked out. And maybe in this case it will work out. However... You know, it is, you know, that that to me is really what their season is going to hinge on. And you mentioned Otto, like, let, let's get to him, because I, I think the other, you know, the, the kind of the recurring question with this team over the past few years, the past couple of years, I should say, has been, all right, you've got John, you've got Brad. And like, why isn't Otto more involved? And do you do you think that that um, you kind of alluded to it when you said you wanted to maybe be more aggressive and, and more selfish? Do you I, I know it might be a chicken or the egg question, so maybe there's not an answer. But do you think that his lack of involvement is more on John and Brad not getting him more involved? Is it more on or is it more on Otto not being assertive enough and saying, I need the ball more. I need to be involved more. Well, I'll, I'll do the uh, the chicken way out and say I think it's fifty fifty because right. early early in the game they do find Otto and Otto seems to be doing the things that help him um, get the ball and the ball finds him. But late in the games that ball sticks, that ball has stuck um, um, for for the seasons that I've seen them. Yeah, and it, it and it stays in the hands of either Brad or or John. Yep. And that is definitely on a teammate to pass the ball. Right. So when those and those when you when you look at the stats and you see like his shot attempts just go precipitously down from the first to the fourth quarters. Yep. Um that that that's both. I and I don't I don't think it's in auto to like to MF somebody in the locker room and demand the ball. Right. But um 
Otto could be a little bit more um, aggressive. And I think his, his personality is just kind of chill and cool. I, like I, but I don't know. There's some things about Otto that, that I'm, I was surprised to learn. <laughs> and I didn't know that he sometimes uses first person to, <laughs> when speaking about himself. So obviously there's a little swagger there. There's a little cockiness there. But that needs to show up a little bit more uh, when the ball's not coming his way. Does he do that? Apparently, yes. Uh, Chris Miller had a bit on... Um, on um um like a pregame show about how he says like op op does yeah i was like interesting what? where did this come from mr well, it would Missouri? be nice it would be nice if Side that showed up more on the court like you said because i mean you look at a guy the last few years he shot over 50 percent from the field shot right. over you know 43 and a half from three and then 44 from three on over four attempts a game i mean that, that those are elite shooting numbers for a jump shooting guy like him and you would like him you know, if he could get from 11 shots a game to 15 shots a game and he could get yeah. from four threes a game to six threes a game, uh, that would that could really give the Wizards a real dynamic that they don't have now. Um, but again, like you said, at, at some point, there needs to be a meeting of the minds here on both sides to really insist on that happening. And we know that, you know, John and Brad, it seems like every year coming to say, yeah, we got to get out of the ball more. And Otto says, yeah, I need to shoot more. And then we get to the end of the season and like the numbers are basically the same and we're kind of like rolling through again, uh, you know, with no real change there. But here's the thing, Tim, that, that also needs to be said about Otto, that his hip, uh, lingering hip issues. And um, obviously it wasn't a hip issue that kept him out at the very end of the year. Right. I think it was knee surgery. Again, the season ended so long ago and I'm still on vacation brain. So excuse me if I forget <laughs> the intricacies of their body pain. Right. But he, he's had this hip thing since, um, since the moment they've, uh, he started his pro career, at least that we know of. And I'm sure he had it in Georgetown. So if that can get under control and that's not something that lingers and, and hinders the way that he runs and the way that he cuts and the way that he's aggressive, then that could be, uh, that, that definitely could be a boost, obviously. Yeah, no, that would, that would certainly help a lot. Now we've talked about John a lot, obviously two years ago, he was, you know, in my opinion, a top five MVP candidate, uh, gets the designated player extension. Looks like, you know, a guy that you obviously want to build around for a long time. Then last year, uh, you know, there are obviously are some of the chemistry issues. Then there's also, you know, him battling through knee issues. He has a couple procedures. He misses a bunch of the year. He plays only half the season. Um, you know, then comes back for the playoffs. But, um, you know, we've seen him a couple times this summer. Where do you um, where do you kind of see him at physically at this point? And how important is this a year, yeah. not just for him, but for the Wizards, looking at a guy that, all right, after this season is signed up for four more years for about $170 million. And if this year goes like last year, is that starting to look like a contract that, while I'm never going to question them signing it at the time, and I, would, I advocated for him to do it, um, is that a contract if he has another – you know, injury played season, it starts to look a little scary here for the next few seasons. Yeah, that's that's the thing. As um, as we know, John celebrated his 28th birthday recently. If you uh, his uh, his birthday party uh, pictures were popping on the gram, as the kids would say. <laughs> he, he, kids he had would a say really it. cool, like he does like cool theme parties, like his Halloween for Halloween, and he was Chucky. And uh, this, I guess, was paid in full. But anyway, I digress. I mean, he just turned 28 years old. And as you said, he's going to be stupid paid rich right. um, next year. Do we see the same um, speed uh, from out of John Wall? Do we see the John Wall who's always going to the rim? And if he doesn't finish, um, he kind of hurling his body uh, to, the, to the court to get a foul. Do we see that? 
Should we see that? I would say no. But physically, you know, uh, the last time I saw him, obviously, was like in person, was in Vegas. He looked big. And he told me how he, uh, you know, continued to lose weight, but continued to put on muscle. But he just looked, he looks, you know, I saw him. At, I, saw him in, I saw him in Vegas, too, after that at the Team USA stuff. And he, he looked like a running back. Wow. I, it yeah. was, well, <laughs> but it was the same way in Vegas, like when we saw him earlier in the month. Like, he just looked, I couldn't really, because like some people saw him as like, he looks fat. And I didn't, nah. really, I didn't really think that he just looked, he just looked muscle bound. It was, yeah. it was kind of jarring compared to what I was. And I obviously you see him more often than me, but it was a very different look than I was used to seeing from him. And I, I'm just curious to see what he looks like once uh, he gets to camp and gets rolling. Cause I, I it yeah. was, it was kind of, it was hard to kind of tell where his body was at. It, it was interesting. You know, not to get too deep on this, but in Vegas it's hot. And so when I saw him, he was in a tank top and shorts. Right. And I just thought like, dude, you're big. Like right. cut. Right. But we dissect his body as if only to say that physically, yeah, he's probably a hundred percent. Right. But his game and I think um, Scott Brooks and the staff would probably uh, um, help themselves out if this, you know, this this uh, this stupid paid rich dude next year, um, you keep him healthy. And right. You hope that his game isn't predicated on all of that pounding that uh, he does take. He's a big physical point guard, but does he always have to go to the rim? Does he always have to be the one who's creating all the plays? I, obviously, he's a he's a pass first point guard, but Brad last year demonstrated in those uh, in, in most of those 41 games when John was out that he can be a capable facilitator as well. Yep. Well, and remember, I don't, you know, I, I don't remember if it was Zach or who it was, but somebody had the stat during either during the playoffs or after the season that John um, ran less and moved less than any player in the league last year. And, you know, wow. some, of, some of that obviously goes back to the fact that the guy was playing a large chunk of the year banged up and was limping around. But still, to your point, like, you know, Bradley Beal can obviously handle the ball nicely for them. And, you know, if you have John Wall moving off the ball, you know, using his speed to kind of cut to cut to the basket, move around the court, um, that can open up some stuff in their offense that that they haven't really had before. If it's just John pounding the ball at the top of the key, running a pick and roll and, and hitting a guy for a shot. So right. um, that's something I'm curious to see, too, is if any of this lingering stuff, you know, if that's rectified, if he can come in and make that different because you know there there's no reason that a guy with john's athleticism should be you know the guy who's standing around the most of any player in the league and and not moving as much as any player in the league for sure um what what else are you you know you mentioned their spacing with their off with their starting group which i think could be a problem um you know but just just in general you know they have had to make a couple changes this summer they went out and um, replaced Mike Scott with Jeff Green when Mike got more money, which I thought was a nice move for them for a minimum deal. Um, you know, but as you kind of look at their team uh, going into camp here, what what are you curious to see uh, how they how they deploy their resources and what their what their squad looks like? Yes, it's see besides just the um, like the low hanging fruit of drama in the locker room, I actually <laughs> do think it's going to be interesting on how you know Scott Brooks kind of puts this little puzzle together. Okay, so as of right now. Jody Meeks, uh, who came in last year as a backup two, is going to miss the first 19 games. That's substantial. Right. Um, and I, who knows if that will get reduced, so I'm not going to speak out of turn. But as of right now, um, Austin Rivers is the backup, backup two. But, hey, he can also play some backup one. Right. And if, if you remember watching the Washington Wizards last year, where was Thomas Sadoransky uh, during that Toronto series? He did, I thought, a, a bang-up job considering – 
that he was he had never played that many minutes in his professional career period yep. not even in Europe yep. but he I thought he did a good job filling in for John Wall before he hit a wall I'm not trying to be punny but that's what happened <laughs> right but Scott Brooks keeps him on the bench. Why? So where does that leave Tom Sadoransky? I'm sure he's still going to be in the second unit, but is Austin Rivers on the ball? Is Thomas on the ball? Does, does, um, golly, forgot somebody's name. Jordan McRae. I think he's on a two-way, but does he fill in a little bit more? Do we see Troy Brown? Um, do we see Scott, Bra- Scott Brooks trusting the 19-year-old? Um, and he is their 15th pick. But how, how are these wings? You have a glute of wings. What's going to happen with all these wings? Well, and they've been a team that has not necessarily been able to play small in the past, right? Because, like, we, we've looked at them and they haven't had the pieces to really do that. And to your point, you look at their roster now, you know, they've got, you know, you've got John, Brad, um, Sadoransky, and Rivers, who are probably going to be their guards. But then you've got Otto Porter and Markeith and Oubre and um and Jeff Green and uh Troy Brown um right. you know you've got a lot got a lot of guys on the wing there that you can play and you can add in in different spots and you can play small a little more and you can play Markeith at the five which I think you know to your talk about spacing if you have Markeith slide in at the five and some of those second units you can really to have some interesting lineups out there I mean it, it I think that has to happen yeah I'm I with you and I think it, like you that could I, be a closing lineup it really could be and I think Scott um I, it's it's Scott's got a lot of options and I, I think he's going to need to be creative to try to get the most out of this team to, to be able to utilize some of that yeah I was um you know, going back to last year, their best lineup, which wasn't used a whole heck of a lot, um, was four wings slash guards and marching. So when they went small but had a traditional big on the floor, they played very well. Um, and that was with uh, Kelly Oubre on the court and uh, Otto together. Um, but now does Jeff Green um, take some – I don't know. I, I don't know. Maybe I'm just uh, speaking – I'm speaking crazy because I don't know if Jeff Green. Uh, I mean, shoot, he helped. He helped win Game Seven in the Eastern Conference Final on the road. That should say something. But does Austin, uh, uh, does Austin Rivers ever play a little bit on the wing with John and Brad? And I think there's there's a lot of interesting dynamics um, with their. Uh, we have a whole gang of the Wizards. They could say we have a whole gang of uh, of guards, and then we have all these traditional bigs. We have like three six foot ten guys. So how in the middle? How do we make that work? Obviously, I don't I don't know if Jan Mahini is going to be very big um, in in the plans. I just don't know how you find someone's going to lose some minutes. And someone that got minutes last year. Um, they're they're going to be kind of exiled, it seems like, and I don't know who's going to be that guy. Yeah, no, and and you know, I think it's going to be up to Scott to be creative and move these guys around and try to find the best ways to use them. You're right because you could play awesome with those guys. You could, uh, you you probably need to play Markeith at the five a lot. I mean, they probably will try to play Mahini some. I'm not quite sure how that's going to go, but um, you know, they'll probably try to get minutes out of him. I mean, they do have all these wings they need to try to play. Um, you know, they have the ability to play a lot of different styles and a lot of different paces in a way they really haven't. And right. it, you know, it, 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 that's something that really should 
be to their benefit, but it is going to require Scott, who has you know been criticized in the past for being a little too rigid and you know kind of you know putting guys in a spot and sticking with them there. Right. Um, he's going to have to really break out of that to maximize what this team can do, and you know for them to really get back to where they want to be, they're going to have to maximize all those different options that they have to try to catch up to the, the Toronto's and Boston's and, and Phillies of the world in the East. Well, shoot, man. How many uh, Wizards games are you going to cover this year? You, you got them down peg. Well, I'll be, I'll be watching from afar. <laughs> I'll see them. I'll see them in late October. Uh, oh yeah. 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 Where do you, right. um, where do you see them uh, in the East right now? Where, where do they stack up for you? I mean, assuming mm-hmm. they're, they're behind those three teams at the top. I mean, do you see anybody else ahead of them or no? Right. Okay. So it was, so what was very interesting, yeah, boy, Mike Wilbon. I only say that because you know, you know, he gave you like a mad shout out uh, recently. I did. I did see that. <laughs> it was rather amusing. I saw so your I was boy. In, that was the one other place I traveled this summer was Chicago, and I saw uh, him like the night before. And he, I told him I thought the Lakers would miss the playoffs. He got very, yeah. he got very wound up, and then he called me the next day. He said, "Can I use this on TV?" I said, "Sure, I guess." That's uh, funny. So that was where that came from. But he is. But on. John's birthday, uh, Wilbon said that he can see them making it to the Eastern Conference Finals. So I was like, okay, um, I think a lot will have to happen. But I personally see them. They should be, which isn't saying, I don't think it's saying much, but they should be top four or five. And um, a lot will have to happen. A, health. Uh, Brad Bill, I think, B, taking another step um, in his career. Last year was a career year, best year of his uh, pro life. But there needs to be another step and see um, where does all this all this kind of new stuff, how does it gel? How does it work out? And I think, um, as you as you alluded to, you'll see them early October because I got this West Coast road trip um, beginning of game three. So I think very early we are going to see um, if this thing can work out, especially when they play the champs and they go um, – and they go, where else do they go? That's interesting. I don't know. Oh, they play Portland on that, that first trip. And they don't typically seem to have uh, good times in Portland besides last year when Brad scored 51. So I see them as top four for sure. But, you know, second round, uh, Eastern Conference Finals, man, a lot is going to have to happen to get to uh, the ECF. Yeah, I, I think that's going to be pretty tough. I, I even think getting out of the first round is going to be pretty tough. Um, you know, I mean, I think assuming they're healthy, I think, you know, Boston, Toronto and Philly are on another level, at least for now. And I, I think that Milwaukee, having added Mike Boonholzer, you know, with, you know, adding some extra shooting with Ilya Sova and Brooke Lopez, I mean, I, I think that they're primed to take a pretty big step forward. And I think Giannis is going to have a monster year. I think he's going to be my MVP pick. So, huh. um if you you know that at that point it you know and then you still got Indiana in the mix. Um, I think Indiana is such a good team, they and they be, didn't really do much this season. No, they just shored up what they <laughs> have, but, but adding Tyreek Evans will help. I mean, they're they're yeah. going to be in the mix. You know, Miami will be up there again. You know, they'll at least be um, they'll at least be competitive on a nightly basis. So, I mean, it it's going to be it's going to be a challenge for the Wiz, but they you know like you said with the the situation that they're in with the you know, with the money they've got outlaid in future years, um, you know, with with kind of the way last year went with the whole Dwight thing. I mean, they really need to um, see some benefits from that stuff, uh, you know, this year or else they're going to be having to make some difficult choices here going forward. You know, they have uh, six and after the 19 game suspension, seven rotation guys in a contract year. And the last time they had that many was uh, 2014, 2015, when they ended the season with nine guys. 
and players um, I said in, in their, um, their, their view looking back that that didn't help to have so many guys um, just around for the short term. And obviously it's human nature when your contract is up, you're looking for a new contract. I think that's a, I think that would be a huge, um, a huge storyline that I, I want to pursue and I will pursue, but that's going to be a huge thing to juggle throughout the 82 game season. Yeah, no, you're right. I mean, that they've, they've got a lot to juggle. I mean, they got, they got the, the guys under contract will be personality issues. The guys that are, are in contract years are going to be looking for more money. Um, it's, it's going to be interesting. I, I'm, I'm very curious to see what they look like. Cause you know, this could go, this could go in a lot of directions. Um, you know, it could, could work out well. It could be, they could be fighting for the eight seed again or down mix. <laughs> well, I mean, look, if it, would it, would it shock you if, if, you know, John's knee acts up a little bit and Dwight is a personality issue in the locker room. And, uh, you know, you mentioned Otto's hip. I mean, if he has some injury stuff or, or, if, or Brad misses any time, I mean, Nate, you know, it, it, it the, the potential for them to go sideways, I think is, is pretty real. Um, but I also think this, the ceiling is pretty high. Um, you know, I think they've got a pretty wide berth in the middle that they could that they could swing back and forth from, and that that, that to me is what makes them really interesting. Is that there is a pretty uh, wide range of outcomes for how this year could play out for them. It's just a matter of you know which way it ends up going. I agree. So why would anybody say this team could be boring? Well, I think people are people just you know the Wizards the Wizards as we know like to talk a lot. And I think people, you know, they, they hear last year, they, they talk about how, um, they talk about how, uh, you know, they, the Cleveland was ducking them in the playoffs the year before, and then they, then they finished as the eighth seed. You know, I think it's just a lot of that kind of stuff. Yeah, I think that could be fatigue for sure. And trust me, I, I, I totally get that. Um, but storylines, I'm like rubbing my hands together like Birdman. No, they'll be. I think they're coming. No, you won't be lacking. You won't be lacking in that for sure. <laughs> There'll be plenty of color. So, um, so with that, I'll let you get back to your your final remaining hours of the off season before we get going. But uh, I appreciate you doing this. And before you go, let people know uh, where they can find you on the social medias and if you've got anything uh, anything coming up that people should uh, be looking out for. You can find me in the streets, kids. Um, no, um, my Twitter handle is at Candace D. Buckner. That's D as in dog. And um, up- upcoming stories, I ain't got nothing. No, um, I think I should have some good stuff coming down the pike, especially before the uh, uh, the start of the season. You know what would have been great? Like a laugh track. You know, my last two jokes. That would have been great <laughs> if you could just say like- that's good, Tim. I'll I see. Could, I I'll see. I'll see what I can do. Chuckle. I'll see what I can do. I'll try those to. Like I'll try fire to work jokes. those in. They okay, definitely good. were. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks. Thanks, teammate, for doing this, and I will. Uh, I will see you soon. Anytime. Good times. All right, thanks again to Candice for doing the pod. Be sure to check out her work on the Wizards all year for us. She does an awesome job, also great feature writer. So be sure to keep a track with her on Twitter and uh, check up with everything she's working on for us. As for me, you can find me on Twitter at Tim Bontemps, on Facebook at Tim Bontemps NBA, in the pages of the Washington Post, or on our website at washingtonpost.com sports. Please give us a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts and Stitcher and wherever else you get your podcasts. Really appreciate that. Helps us out a lot. Uh, please go support Glenn Yoder in the Western States who do the theme music for the pod. Glenn's the NBA at third of the post, big mass fan, big NBA fan. Uh, they have a great band. It's fun to listen to. A lot of people compliment the music on the pod. So please go uh, support them and give them a little help. 
please go check out our other podcasts like Can You Do That, Constitutional, Letters from War, Retropod. Uh, we got some more coming on the way. Bunch of really good stuff. Uh, Daily 202s, Daily Rundown. Please go check out all that stuff at WashingtonPost.com slash podcasts. Thank you, as always, for listening, and we'll talk to you all again soon.